0: Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Welcome to part three in our Magnificent Monday series all about overcoming cognitive distortions. You may recall that a cognitive distortion is a thought that is not straight. It's crooked, if you will, and it doesn't line up with reality or it is excessively negative in essence. We all dip into cognitive distortions during our day. That should come as no surprise. It's quite normal. But if you find yourself stuck in negative thought loops, or you just can't get to the bottom of what's bugging you, then there may be something off in your thinking that you'll want to examine with greater attention. And that's what these Magnificent Mondays are all about. We're going to get your thoughts heading in the right direction. If you're joining for the first time, you're in for a treat, because this series, is chock full of examples, reflection questions to see if you're prone to faulty thinking, and the tips and tricks to overcome these pesky, unwanted thought patterns. You also may want to backtrack to episode 202, where we talk about polarized or all or nothing thinking, and episode 204, where we hit overgeneralization. Today, we're discussing the cognitive distortion called mental filtering. On the show today, we're going to define mental filtering, give examples of mental filtering, including one personal example, I know you love those, and then offer practical tips to get you out of the trap of mental filtering. I think I have about seven of them, so you're going to want to stay tuned to the very end so that you can get that list of, okay, I recognize that I do a lot of mental filtering, so what can I do about it? So I'm going to give you some answers to that question. What is mental filtering? Mental filtering is the opposite of overgeneralizing. Remember that from last week? Overgeneralizing is where you take a negative aspect of one event and then you generalize it to something really broad. For example, I forgot to take the trash out to the curb this week, therefore I'm a lousy husband. You know, the event, the single event was forgetting to take the trash out, and then you go all the way from there to make this general blanket statement, I'm a lousy husband. And you say that enough and rehearse that enough in your head and you really will start believing that you're a lousy husband. It's overgeneralizing. Unlike overgeneralizing an event in your thoughts, mental filtering camps out on the single and oftentimes very small event and focuses on it exclusively filtering out everything else. Think of a mental filter as the filter on your HVAC unit. The filter is designed to catch all the particles, dust, and contaminants in the ventilation system that you don't want to breathe. However, when you spend all your time and energy focusing on all the gunk in the filter, you lose sight of the clean and fresh air that you happen to be breathing all the while. Mental filtering is uber-common in marriages. Have you ever found yourself focusing on all the negative or hurtful things your spouse has said or done in your relationship and you filter out all the wonderful, helpful and positive and thoughtful things they've done? let's say your spouse forgot to pay a bill and all day you hone in on that one forgotten task. You ruminate on it, chew it over, feel your blood start to boil. You recount how you reminded them yesterday and you even put up a sticky note on the bathroom mirror. You are absolutely enraged that they could Forget this, of all things, and it's an important bill. You go down the path of how your credit score may be negatively impacted. You think of all the things that you do and how helpful you are and how many things you remember, but your spouse can't even pay one single bill on time. They're so forgetful and have now put your finances in danger. They know just how important money and security are to you, and yet they didn't pay that bill. Something so very easy to do that would have taken all of five minutes. Okay, do you get the picture here? I know it sounds extreme, but sometimes that's exactly what we do. Mental filtering picks out one bad thing and focuses almost exclusively on that one bad thing. In our example of how your spouse forgot to pay a bill, what is actually being filtered out then? Well, let me give you some possibilities. Perhaps you filtered out the facts that your spouse made it to work on time. Thank God that your spouse has a job, right? And he brings in a steady income for the family. Then he ran to Kroger on his lunch break to pick up a few items that you needed for dinner. Then after dinner, he managed to run the kids to church. And on the way back from church, your spouse texted you to say, hey, um, do you want your favorite cafe latte drink from Starbucks? You were so blinded by the fact that the bill wasn't paid on time that you lost sight of the kind-hearted and helpful things that your spouse did. You focused only on the junk In your brain's HVAC filter, mental filtering will utterly destroy your relationships. What's more is that when you repeatedly voice and express your discontent about a situation that you're already fixated on, your brain jumps right on the bandwagon with you. You're training your brain to be on the lookout for anything that you might catch in your filter while all the positive, uplifting, helpful, kind, and compassionate deeds just flow right on through your filter and go unnoticed. It got me to thinking, I wonder, is this why the Bible speaks about that nagging wife? Do you remember those verses? You know, the wife who's frustrated, angry, and she feels provoked all the time. Proverbs 21.9 says that it's better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs 21, 19 says, it's better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Now, let's say that both of you are on the negative mental filtering train. Think about the principles of magnetism here. You've heard it said that opposites attract, but that the same poles repel. What are two negative poles going to do? They're going to repel each other. If both parties are inclined to this type of filtered thinking, you're going to become repulsive to one another. What happens when you fixate on the negative junk caught in your life filter, your relationships filter, and you ignore all the amazing items and endearing qualities in your life? Well, you can lose heart, you can feel discouraged, you can feel hopeless and helpless, which can even lead to isolation and, believe it or not, suicide ideation. Again, most of us will dip into mental filtering. However, we can learn to catch ourselves there, throw our hands to st- up, you know, up in the air to stop this downward spiral and shift our perspective very quickly. We're going to say, no, I'm not going there. You probably already know if you're actually prone to this type of faulty thinking, mental filtering, especially if you are someone who reads your work evaluations and you're like pumping hard, five stars, amazing employee, A++++, plus. but there's one area for improvement for you. Your boss mentions one thing and the whole day that one area is all you focus on. Is that you? I know I can get that way with reading my student evaluations. I can get all these wonderful feedbacks, you know, feedback and comments. Like she always answers emails on time. She's available for us. I love her feedback. Uh, the, you know those types of things. And then I get one student who says something negative. I'm like, dad, gone it. And it pulls my attention down to there. So I don't want to be, I don't want to engage in mental filtering. I want to recognize it, take it in, see what I can learn from that kind of criticism and constructive feedback, and then apply it to my life and move on. But just take it for what it is. And I certainly don't want to dismiss all the other wonderful comments that are encouraging to me as an instructor so I also know that you love my personal examples. so here goes okay I'm gonna tell on myself so my husband Jim and I were getting ready the day before a mini vacay to Florida and I had been busy the whole day cleaning the house because I'm one of those gals who likes to return to a clean house after being gone for several days I'm probably way too obsessive about this but partly because I know I'll be whipped when we get back home and I just want to step into our comfy and clean house are you that way too well it's worth it to me to do what I can to tidy up before leaving that night, I'd been running errands, and when I came home, Jim had already eaten dinner. So I threw some popcorn into the microwave. Now, when I opened the microwave door, I saw that he had already used the microwave because there were there were spaghetti sauce splatterings inside the microwave that, as you can imagine, I had scrubbed earlier, right? I'd already cleaned the microwave. I'm just going to go throw something in, and then I saw that it was already really dirty again. I barked something at Jim and expressed my dismay. He shrugged it off saying, oh, oops, I'm sorry. I thought I covered that plate. And oh, it's easily going to clean up, Victoria. But I was in a huff because those microwave splatters rubbed me the wrong way and meant that I had to clean a bit more or be inconvenienced or not enjoy a totally spotless house when we got back. I know, are you eye rolling at me right now? I know, I know, I tell on myself and my childishness and it's absolutely embarrassing. I want you to, to see that in that moment, all I saw were the splatters. I didn't pull the curtain back to see the broader picture. I neglected to acknowledge the fact that I had a husband to even make splatters in the first place. You know, they say that about your kids, their fingerprints on all the glass, right? Your doors and the refrigerator, you know, the smudges and all the messiness that they make. And, and instead, can you flip that to, gosh, I'm so glad that my kids are here. That means somebody I love is in the house. You know, we learn to, to switch those thoughts around a little bit. At any rate, I also lost sight of the fact that I had a microwave, or that he was willing to clean up his own mess, or that he had prepared his own dinner, or that he was eating leftovers. Do you see? I filtered out all those wonderful things, so many awesome things, I just allowed them to slide right on through my filter. Nope, all I saw were the spaghetti splatters. Thankfully, and rather quickly, I saw the error in my faulty thinking. I apologized to Jim and told him how excited I was about our trip. So here's the big question. What can you do to get out of the snare of mental filtering? How do you shift your focus to enjoy the roses and not get pricked by the thorns? And I'm going to give you a whopping seven tips to overcome mental filtering when you put your own actions on the line. Here you go. Number one. Think about what you're thinking about to determine your touch points. Try to get an idea of and become more sensitive about what you're thinking about. Is there one event that you keep replaying in your mind? Are you nitpicking someone about one particular issue? Do you notice that your mood plummets from one constructive, maybe critical, comment? Okay, that gives you an idea Um, if, if you're prone to this kind of thinking, but first of all, if you want to get over this kind of thinking and defeat it and not engage those types of thoughts, you gotta pay attention to what you're actually thinking about. Number two, keep a journal. Not all events in your life have to be classified, so to speak, as positive or negative. They can also be neutral. Write down those things that bother you in a journal and beside each one, pencil in the words negative or neutral. Think in the big scheme of life, not in the normal ups and downs of life. Your spouse forgetting to pay a bill on time might be considered neutral if you compare it to gambling away your money or embezzlement at his company or fraud. Yes, it may be a form of money mismanagement, but on a broader scale, it is rather minor. Help yourself redefine what is really, really negative. All right, so after you pay attention to what you're thinking about and after you keep a journal and kind of really keep the tab on whether the event is actually negative or neutral, number three, you can practice what I call the 5-1 rule five positives for everyone negative if you receive a constructive comment from a loved one ask for five positive comments or observations to boot then when you receive the positive comments relish in them really let them sink into your heart and soul I mean you want to learn from the constructive criticism yes just don't fixate on it accept the rebuke if you will make plans to change and move on My husband, Jim, and I have a deal where if we need to offer constructive criticism, we allow that and and desire that, but then we have to stack on top of it five positive and and encouraging comments. And by, by the way, this works really well with your children. Even Willie Nelson says, once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive results because in the end, you want positive results, right? Can you imagine if I kept honing in on those spaghetti platters with Jim? Can you imagine what I've gotten any more positive results? Would that have been helpful in any way? No. And the same is true often with our children. Think of it as a big emotional tank that they have. You want to make five helpful, wholesome, encouraging, inspirational comments into their tank for every one constructive criticism that you have to point out to them. And this leads me to point four, practice gratitude. I know you hear this a lot, but scientific studies consistently show that grateful people are happier people. What do grateful people do? Well, they focus or fixate on their many blessings. When you begin the gratitude habit, you are essentially training your brain to look on the bright side in all situations. This new type of mental filtering gets easier and easier the more that you get into it. Remember, I gave you the image of an HVAC filter. Picture yourself standing in your living room or kitchen or in a bright area, spacious area of your house, and just breathing deeply instead of in your crawl space with a dirty filter in your hand and your eyes fixed on what's on that screen of your HVAC filter practice being grateful instead. The more you do it, the better you get. You get to the end of your day and instead of fixating on the guilt that you feel about snapping at your five-year-old when she was disobedient, allow yourself to be grateful for the moments you had with her laughing, eating lunch and teaching her a new song to help her remember the seven continents. In other words, acknowledge the ick that you may have experienced. Yes, Offer yourself a bit of grace, ask God for help, but then go directly to the areas where you feel so blessed. You'd be surprised at how that simple practicing gratitude will help you in all areas of your life, including including your moods and your attitudes. Number five, receive a compliment. When someone compliments you, receive it, sit with it. Smile and say thank you. Allow it to wash over you like fresh air. Fill up on it. Enjoy the nice remarks. Stop saying things like, yeah, I got lucky, or yeah, that really was an accident, or yeah, but I'm sure I can't do that again. Stop. Just stop. Receive the compliment. Picture yourself with your arms and ears wide open to receive the blessing. As a simple reminder, each day you get up, throw your hands in the air and say a prayer. Lord, I give you my life, you're giving as an offering. I receive, now you're receiving with your hands wide, wide up in the air, the blessings that you have for me today. End of story. Number six, model what you see working in others. Find someone who tends to be optimistic, observe them and see how they do it. You can even ask them how they do it and and ask them what their key is to such a positive attitude. There's a gal we play pickleball with, and I swear she's always got a smile on her face, whether she's winning, losing, it doesn't matter. I'm like, Dang, I need to, I need to learn from her because she's just like in the joy of the moment of being there, exercising her body, the social aspect aspects of playing. She is so having such a good time. She makes horrible shots sometimes, but she doesn't get down on herself. She makes great shots. She just keeps on smiling. It doesn't matter. I mean, she's like a role model. I hope I see her again soon because I will ask her. And I'll let you know. And then the next thing, the last thing, number seven, is you can pray. Confess your negative tendency to focus on all the gunk and dismiss all the beauty and blessings you experience every single day. Tell God how you feel about this. Tell your father to teach you what it means to Philippians 4, 8, every single thought you have, because God tells you exactly what to think about. He says, think about whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about it these things. So I want you to try that in your relationship starting today. Those seven tips, again, to help you overcome mental filtering, where you only look at the negative aspects are these. Number one, think about what you're thinking about most to help you isolate the mental mental filtering issue. Number two, keep a journal and classify events as negative or neutral in the broad scheme of things. That's like enlarging your perspective. Number three, practice the five-one rule. For every one negative thought you have, have or a comment that you're going to give find five positive ones to balance things out emotionally and keep your loved ones really stocked in their emotional tank and filled up. Number 4, practice gratitude. Count your blessings. It will make you feel better. Number 5, receive compliments instead of dismissing them. And that also gets you comfortable with seeing the positive things. That's why it helps you to overcome mental filtering is because it is training you to be comfortable with things that are really positive. Number six, find a role model. Someone who seems to be cheerful and content. Discover their secret. And number seven, pray. Always invite God into your transformational process. Now, if you find yourself trapped in any type of cognitive distortion type thinking, remember that this type of faulty thinking may be holding you back from your God-given purpose. God created you to create and fulfill a purpose that only you can fulfill on this earth. Fostering healthy interpersonal relationships is challenging, but you can improve with God's help and with your own personal desire for change. And what happens in the end is that you're also helping other people. That's what motivates me the most. I think the healthier that I become mentally and emotionally and physically, the healthier I am, but I'm also able to model that and show that to my children. I I long for these things so that I can be salt and light to my family, to my kids. I wanna be the real deal. I want them to see me in my authentic state. I want them to see the joy that I have, the peace that I have because I rely on God and He makes that possible in my life. That's what I want to do. I want to be that kind of salt in life. So I know when I'm emotionally healthy, I know when my thoughts line up with what God says about himself, about me and about my scenario that it's going to show. And I want that to show. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't become weary in doing good. And to me, this is all doing good. We're doing something that's good. We're serving others and we continue to serve because your self-improvement, taking care of yourself is a way, is the way so that you can actually take care of others. The Bible goes on with that verse to say at the proper time, you're going to reap a harvest if you don't give up. I know it's hard work and listen, you know, for me, I got skin in the game. I have this podcast, right? And there's accountability there. And I want to be the real deal to everybody. And I know that you do too. It's there for the taking for you. So thank you so much for pushing play on another episode. I love you and appreciate you so very much. Do stay in touch and let me know if there's anything I can do to better support you in your in living your best thought life or to provide you this free content that you enjoy and you find helpful in your life you know, every week you come and every week I'm sitting here trying to put out content that is meaningful to you. It's exciting to me that these podcast episodes draw us closer together. You probably feel like you know me in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. I love what I do and I feel so blessed to share my life with you. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life. God bless you. That's a wrap, brain changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choose to think.co. That's with the number two, choose to think.co. To get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email Me at choose to think at gmail.com, and that's with the number two choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all. Medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.